Hi, everybody. I'm Corwin. And I'm James. And welcome to This Movie's Gay. <laughs> Ooh, we're off to the races already, guys. Hey, uh, usually I do something up front. Usually I'm like, hey, I got to follow up on this follow-up. He seems very manic this, right now, and I'm confused. follow-up. Well, yeah, this is how I, I go from zero to to infinity and beyond. Hey guys, we need to introduce our guest because my follow-up is actually involving a guest of ours. Okay. So yeah, uh, this week we are watching a very classic gay movie. It is known as The Birdcage from 1996 with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. And joining us this week are my two great friends. Hi, I'm Ryan. Hello, I'm Frankie. And Ryan, you'll remember from one of the Christmas episodes, episode Scrooge five. and Marley. Um, I don't know why. I think it was episode Stumbled five. on that a little bit. Scrooge and Mar- Marley. I, I just like threw up S&M, a little in my remember? mouth. It's, it's S&M. I know. And yes. <laughs> back for a repeat. Repeat. He wants to talk about poppers. (laughs) Guys. Who said poppers? (laughs) I have a follow-up. It involves a guest. Okay. Back on that episode. I think it was episode five. Might have been six, but I'm pretty confident it's five because we had a three guests. uh, We had a three-peat, if you will. That's a sports term, I think. Ryan. I mean, that's comedy club, right? (laughs) Uh, Oh, no. It's a a show. It's a comedy show. There's a, a group. Oh, that's right. Three P. Yeah. 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 They're Chicago based. Yeah. But I believe. I know some of them. You do. They're beautiful. I, that's fabulous. I believe the word is threesome, though. <laughs> um, okay, James. All right. <laughs> what are you saying? Ryan. Yes. Did any of our fans put a picture of you using their IMDb Pro account on your IMDb account? They haven't, and I've checked. God damn it, fans. <laughs> hey, you want to know what? Yeah, I'm calling all of our fans. Well, I don't know if C's None of them back. are going to have an IMDb Pro account. They might. We could have an agent. Remember, we haven't done this bit in a long time. I'm Corwin's agent. Oh, <laughs> uh, remember Where that are my bit. jobs, James? God hey, damn it. <laughs> I'm, I've been working real hard trying to get you some voice acting work i got you that mouse job no you didn't (laughs) i got you that uh that school project what the mortal Kombat lines you had to read (laughs) you're like james no you just recorded those for me you just recorded that for me and that's what a producer does i find you the recording space and we get it done i found you an engineer as well I just realized I don't have my notes with me at all. Uh-oh, Uh-oh. SpaghettiOs. All right, go ahead and talk about those things. I'm going to go get it. Okay, wait, what are we talking about? Whatever you want. Oh, we can talk about my agent, yeah. but that would mean I have to call my mom. Is your mom your agent? Oh, be- you, you bet it, yeah. For but, real? No, no, God, no. Hey, I'll represent you. I'm kidding. I can't take on another client. No, you're far too booked. <laughs> <laughs> I can't compete with that. I mean, I'm my own Asian agent. Wait. <laughs> Did I do this wrong? Am I doing? I'm doing this wrong. I misunderstood the I misunderstood assignment. The assignment. Oh God! Oh Kriya! Oh God! Oh God! Yeah. So the next one you should have us on is for Dropped Gorgeous. It's 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 queer adjacent. Yeah. You know. We well, do want to eventually do a Patreon thing called "This Movie's Gay?" Question mark sure. to see if you know subtle sub. You know what the word I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, and to be fair, for Dropped Gorgeous, Peter is gay. Oh, absolutely. Peter's gay. You know what, Dad? Peter's gay. Liza. Peter's gay! <laughs> I didn't shout. See? You didn't see? What are you... Wait, learning. what do you want to do? We're just talking about Job to the Gorgeous. Oh, actually, I have had like three people tell me that we should do that movie. 
So you are not allowed to do that without me. Or I'm me. just going to put that in the, <laughs> that is in the our... universe. That's, it's in the writer. It's in the writer. Uh, <laughs> the writer includes Corwin has to be nice to Franklin and Ryan. And also they have to be on the Drop Dead Gorgeous episode if we venture into it. Yeah. Hey, yep. speaking of episodes or movies we should have done, how the fuck did we go 29 episodes without watching this movie? And how have I never heard of it? It's fucking great. We Okay, so I will first say that we went 29 nine episodes without watching it because Ryan was like, I've got to be there for that. Okay. But also the second reason we've gone 29 episodes without watching it is because every time it's just me and you and I bring up like a movie we're doing, you're like, an hour and a half. Oh, oh yeah, I that guess. Makes sense. And this one that, is two hours. That totally so makes sense. James is like real against doing long movies. If it is 93 minutes, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> that's like, a little it's too a long. long. Those three extra minutes. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's in, I think we watched an hour and 27 the other day and he was like, ooh. Like, how long do you. How long do you think I want is? like the poo movie that was a cool 82 minutes long. <laughs> he wants the the no intermission theater show. Just 90 look. minutes no intermission. I love a 90 minute no every single show should be a 90 minute no intermission. Truly. Uh, That's uh my future show coming up. Beth is gonna be 90 minutes, no intermission. Ha ha. Look at that. Look at that. It's fantastic. Every show should be. I oh, like throwing that in there. I need a little pee-pee break, Corwin. Well, yeah, go before the show. I'll I'll install a calf. <laughs> just wear a diaper james Ooh, like they've got a diaper daddy oh my please don't tell me if you do that i do not want to know if you're wearing an adult diaper I'll while i'm on stage you. trying to act i'll text you i'll keep my screen really dim so no one can see it well i mean what kind of movie though would it require for james to wear an adult diaper i don't know depends <laughs> that's a good joke there we go there you go you're welcome uh, i hate that i laughed at that <laughs> i hate it so much well, i'm glad you laughed at it so i didn't have to like cut silence <laughs> <laughs> that's why i laugh it was an awkward laugh i bring my own crickets so. we'll see oh oh please get them out shoe crickets shoe out, out. they, they messed they up the scurried. room tone <laughs> Goddamn crickets. <laughs> no, I I have pre-recorded room tone that I insert in. That's what he tells all the ladies. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know where... <laughs> ladies do not care about room tone. I've tried to explain it to Nicole, and she says, James, do what you have to do, but why is this a conversation we're having? <laughs> Things I've said in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> do I what have you to... have to do but why are we talking about it oh. and poppers oh god <laughs> as we discussed last episode communication is key when it comes to love making you should be talking about everything it's not even a joke that's, that's just that, real no that's just good sex yeah yeah I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you know when i figure that one out <laughs> that's why phone sex is the greatest sex ever don't even get me going on cybering. <laughs> Do y'all remember the days when like <laughs> you would cyber like in an AOL chat room? Like, is that? Uh, I never did yes. chat rooms. Yes, I, do. I just people I knew I'm I would sure. cyber with. Sure, sure, I, sure. That that's my claim to no, not claim to shame. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm it's gonna re- claim to fame. Claim Franklin. my fame really is yeah. that you know like everyone's afraid that it's an old guy impersonating like an 18 year old in the chat room. No, I was just the 18 year old in the chat room. It was uh, impersonating an older guy. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm a dad. That's my dad oh, voice. Oh God, <laughs> he can't even like 
fake it. What was your go-to ASL? Oh my god. Well, uh, I. They, it was either 18 male Schenectady, because no one wants to no one, no one wants to see a boy from Colorado. No, they're like, no, oh, you're one of those. It's just like, no, I I come from uptown. Except that's Schenectady's not. Uptown. I'm just I'm just bullshitting. If we haven't gathered that yet. Yeah. I mean, I just assume everything you say is just a little hint of it. There. It's always theatrical. I I mean, that's what acting is, right? It's it's just... honesty. It's pure honesty. Take my class. As long as we believe that it's real, then it's real. Exactly. Yeah. Acting for me is reading the words on the page. Just reading <laughs> the words. Words on the page. For the love of God, someone throw a pie. You know. <laughs> this isn't waitress. Calm down. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, oh <my> <laughs> we're talking about the birdcage today. But mostly we'll be uh, we'll be distracted by Franklin and Ryan talking about things. It'll it'll vacillate between the birdcage and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Also, yeah. I just want to point out: please donate to James's AC fund. It's hot as fuck in here. Yeah, and it's I, and it's cold outside. It, I don't understand. I, I don't get it either. Ryan and I are like fanning ourselves. My, my shirt is halfway off. Franklin's shirt will be off by the end and of the podcast. And that's not even because he's warm. And no, it's just, that's I mean, normal. That's just normal. <laughs> I came in unbuttoned. It was very confusing. It's just no. a Saturday night for Franklin. It's day ending in one. Oh, shit. Ooh. It's sa- Oh, wait. No, it is actually Saturday. It is Saturday. Saturday. I'm used to us real. doing this on Mondays. Your schedule. Okay, I want to uh, air a grievance. You scheduled this crazy event that we're doing where we need guests on top of you also doing a bunch of rehearsing and, and work and, and I'm like, also oh. my job my my boss leaving my box office at my job Uh-oh. so i am getting more hours and Corwin, trying to maneuver all of that uh, okay also guys you you'll hear fanning in this episode i'm sorry i can't i don't know how to edit that out i don't know what frequency a fan is on listen there's no fans okay you're just hearing the gentle waft of a of, of a wing because we are discussing the bird cage Ooh, exactly. you're welcome that we're is, giving you Italian. room tone we're giving you sound effects no, that's not we're giving you beautiful tone. things i'm just saying words that i've heard you guys say when we set up i don't i don't know if any of these things are real words is it a tone is it in the room i believe so so room tone um, room i'm tone. not gonna listen to the producer right now i'm just gonna listen to what i said in my mind it's a cylinder See, I'm, I'm paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I said cylinder, though. I yeah. don't know what I'm talking oh, about. I just know shapes. That. I'm. I guess I'm a math gay. What is this? What? Where have I come from? Gays don't count. I mean, Isaac Newton. Ooh, did. We didn't for a long time. That's no, true. Oh. Oh. Pew, 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 pew. Oh. Pride episode. Yes. I mean, that's true. As do you? When talking about Pride episode, do you want to get into some of your notes for the Birdcage? Oh God! Specifically, sure. like how significant it was, because I know you did a lot of research on this, Franklin. Which thank you. I'm just for a, doing that. I'm just a big ass nerd for the the Lakaja Fall series. Is the- Should, so to to clarify, uh, the Birdcage is is based yes. off of yes, specifically Lakage. off the stage play Lakaja Fall. Um, a, a French play, and I can't remember the year. So, and who cares? You can you can Wikipedia that. Ha <laughs> ha. And Good then luck. it was turned into an iconic film, and then it was turned into a musical, and then it was turned back into a movie. And uh, it just it's it's fascinating how French it is. The other thing that surprised me with the whole 
the whole trajectory of how like this story came about is that until the musical was written, it was all straight people doing this story. It it's it's like one of the gayest straight people concoctions ever. Yeah, and it's I I think in all versions of it, it's been a very honest story. Where repre, uh, represent rep representing is a very hard word because gays don't have representation. Uh, oh, oh, pride. Uh, no, these uh, <laughs> are not in Boston. Oh, well. but anyway, so uh, I don't th- I don't get that reference. Uh, please. So just a quick side note before you get into that. Uh, that reference is because someone applied to do a straight pride parade oh, okay. in Boston. Oh, duh. And yeah. they pretty much threatened to sue the city for discrimination because the city was like, no. So now they're allowed to do a straight pride parade. But to touch on why pride exists for the LGBTQ community is because it started off as a basically a riot. It's us trying to get rights. So straight people have rights. So you, you, there's no need for that. Yeah. And there are people that don't understand that and they don't care to look into the history of why we have pride and things like that. So they're like, Oh, well, why is it, you know, pride month? And, uh, why is it black history month? And why not white history month? And why not straight people pride? And like all this stuff, it's, it is very disappointing, is I w- all I will say about that. I would urge uh, for anyone LGBTQ or otherwise to also, like, if you're going to go to Pride, and, and you, you should, you should, like, look up why yeah. we do Pride. Like, look, read up on Stonewall. Look back at some of these laws and, and rights that we did not have as, as people now. So, like, check it out. Like, actually do do the research and there's uh there's something that i've i've sort of come across with the the younger generation that hasn't had to go through as much discrimination as you know folks in in our age group or particularly older folks than us i think it's important to like read up on it and a quick google search y'all stonewall I mean, specifically, like, people that were going through the Reagan era Mm -hmm. and just everything. It's a lot of recent history, and it's very easy to look up. So that's just a quick, uh, serious side note for you. Um, Please, for this this month, uh, do us that favor and... And look up that history because it's a it's a heartbreaking thing to to look at, but it's it's very real and it's why we have pride mm-hmm. and it's why we still need it. I mean, yeah. there's still things happening to this day. Uh, I just saw a story the other day about a lesbian couple that were yeah. attacked on a yep. bus because they refused to to kiss um, in front of people and as like a spectator, yeah, yeah, as like a, a spectator, as like a as like a fetish yeah. fetishization thing. Yeah. So there are still attacks. There are still things like that, you know, every day. So that's why it's important. Mm-hmm. Now back to the uh, back to the birdcage. No, the and, bird I, cage. and it's it's the birdcage is not a too far cry from like this conversation of representation and the journey we got there is that the the birdcage and the Lakaja Fall series um, in all its many versions was essentially what we would call now just, you know, making it palatable to middle class audiences, Mm -hmm. a a gay love story. You know what I mean? And, you know, it it started as a very French tale, you know, and and jokes aside about the French, you know, and and their liberalness. But there is something to be said about that, that it was, was it started overseas, this kind of acceptance story that 
was just meant to be told as just a this is a love story that happens to have two gay men and what is the normalization of two gay men who happen to have a son and it's it's the details aren't in how the son is the son of the two gay men and it does make for a fascinating part of the story but it's about this day in their lives as two gay men that happen to go berserk you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's and it goes back and forth because, you know, it was straight people telling this story until Harvey Firestein got a hold of it. And the musical was created. So for a good like 15 years of its life, it was like straight people telling this very queer story. And then we get to the birdcage. And I, what's fascinating about the birdcage is that until Nathan Lane came out again, it was all straight people telling the story except for director Mike Nichols. You know what I mean? So it's like, where does allyship fall in terms of one of what is considered like one of the top five queer American movies in mm. our history. Well, so, you know, you're looking at The Birdcage and you've got the stars are, are Robin Williams, who, you know, we're assuming was straight, lying, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, presenting. Uh, presenting, thank you. Um, I, I don't know that he uh, identified in any queer respect, though I wouldn't be surprised. Nathan Lane, who in 96 was not necessarily, like, publicly out, like, that didn't happen until, like, the early Early I believe, yeah, I, that's know. what we had determined. Yeah, um, you had uh, Hank Azaria, and Hank Azaria is also just a fascinating conversation. Yeah, it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole different, it's a whole different episode. And you've got American Treasure, Christine Baranski, which is a whole another section of because this. She's episode. an American treasure. <laughs> yes, she's an so, American treasure. Uh, but so, but a very, uh, a very straight presenting ensemble of people performing in this and, and telling the story. And and do I think that these same folk should get together and reboot the birdcage as they are no i i think that if we hold this film to the standards that we hold now it would fail absolutely um in many respects but i, I think that because yeah. for the time considering what it was i think it's an incredible film i think it's it, it showed something different than a heteronormative life and and family which i think was just really cool it, it, the the first 15 minutes i think is is a a cinematic, a filmmaking, a director of photography and yes. screenwriting, just like masterclass. Uh, uh, it's so good. I thought, is this going to be the entire movie? Because this is fucking great. Yeah. One of my favorite nerd things that I talked to everyone about was that the the opening shot with We Are Family playing in the background as they do the credits is actually, it's a composite shot of three different camera takes, but it's supposed to look like one, you know, and then we, we the, the beautiful storytelling that's set up about this faux cheating sequence, spoiler alert for an almost 30 year old movie, but you know, is that this, the movie does so well of, d- does this really fantastic job rather of normalizing Armand and, oh my God, I'm blanking. Isn't Albert. It? Albert, duh. Armand mm-hmm. and Albert's relationship so that when we cut immediately to Senator Keeley and family, that the normal ones are the are the strange ones or the queer ones, and then the queer ones are are the 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 very hetero family, and I it's it's truly a masterclass, and I attribute that to Nichols and May, you know, the iconic comedy couple reuniting for this mm. film in the '90s is that it's just like all around that's it's all about the audience contract, and you know exactly what you're signing up for with the Birdcage in 15 minutes. And you're hooked. I know that I've seen this movie a few times and it still has me laughing through most of it. I mean, there are definitely a couple of moments that are a little outdated and we should acknowledge that as queer people who have seen terrible things, we should acknowledge whenever cultures are appropriated and things like that inappropriately. And uh, there are moments like that in this film. 
So that's something to be aware of when you're watching it. It is dated in that sense. But as far as what Franklin was saying and it being cinematographically beautiful from its time, absolutely. Like there were so many beautiful shots. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of like uh, Catherine Val's mom, whenever she opens the champagne, she's Kissing like, I'm not very, <laughs> yeah, I'm not very um, paternal and like pops a champagne cork um, from her, her, um, between me down there. Yeah, her yeah. between the down. I was going to say between her thighs or whatever. So it, I mean, it, it's a very phallic image. So it's just a, they're like things like that. And then like the transition from Albert going into the, the clothes rack and then like coming out as soon as uh, Robin Williams gets stuck in there. It just beautiful. Traditionally, I have problems with movies that don't know what they are tonally because you, you can smell it from like a mile away. Is it like, is this a comedy? Is this supposed to be a commentary? Is it's this? But it it, uh, it starts as vaudeville. You know what I mean? It's good oh, old yeah. fashioned vaudeville oh, with the with the jokes, the entire the entire um, Armand versus Albert opening sequence of just the uh, oh, and I made you short. You know, that whole sequence <laughs> is just the, the repartee is just back and forth, which is hilarious. And then it, it then it instantly turns into, you know, a traditional 90s drama comedy you know anytime Val comes into a room it is that it's just like they it's almost like you're watching multiple episodes of a sitcom playing back to back to back to back and it just works in its continuity and Val makes you so upset through the whole movie I mean he does sort of I mean I think at the end he does have a little bit of a redemption way more significant than I would think a movie of the time would have and that he does whenever Gene Hackman's character is like who's your mother Val does go up to Albert and pulls off Albert's wig and says this is my mother yeah this is Albert is my mother and again it's hard we we retroactively look at these movies as young gay men and young queer men in almost 2020 and this movie was 96 Mm -hmm. you know and I'm I'm definitely I'm very perceptive of what the times were when the movie was released but I I it's not logical to retroactively apply current lenses to films even 10 years ago you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and so you look at this and it's like well no you know val should val would need to do something more heroic yeah val now would need to do something more heroic you know what i mean but i think what's great about the birdcage is that they create some real villains in this movie you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and not necessarily in a campy sense you know what i mean val punches you in the stomach as a character a it makes you instantly sympathize with with his parents and then B, it's just like, well, no, there there were real, real straight people who were, quote unquote, supportive. But then the moment the tables turned on them, it, they could instantly abandon them, even if it was his own father. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why that movie works, is that there's actually like a real dark underbelly to the whole thing. Yeah. Also, I think I'd like to note that it may be a case of statutory rape. I'm just going to say that real quick, uh, because hold on, hear me out. Val is 20 years old. Yeah. Right. That is established fairly early on that that Val is 20. Oh, content warning. Sorry. I'm trying to get better at that sort of thing. Um, but Calissa Flockhart's character, Barbara, Barbie, we learn when she's telling her parents that they want to get married. He goes, you're not even 18 yet. And I they've think been sleeping together for the last year. Didn't he say? Also, how old is she in college? I think, didn't he, didn't he say she was 18? Yeah, they're, they're. She's I got 18. both lines that one she one in the beginning she was not they said, eighteen, yeah. and then later on oh, they yeah. said, "Oh, you're eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean that. But look at that beauty of that juxtaposition right there. Is you that know what legal? I mean? It, well, it, I don't. I don't necessarily have my law of consent in front of me. Um, but but I, I, that aside, whether the it whether it's legally 
implicated of, you know, what the hell is Val doing? But also look at the reality of this. We've got an 18 and 20 year old who are so sure that they deserve to be married. And then you have the Keeleys who are clearly in a loveless marriage, despite Mrs. Keeley's undying support. But then you look at two men who have established themselves as successful businessmen, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of their craft, two people who've been together for countless years, enough yeah. where Val recognizes Albert as his mother or his aunt, you know, whatever the, the term is in the moment and whatnot. And they rely on the palimony agreement, you know, which is a funny bit. Which one is one of my favorite scenes? It's it's great is that, you know, they they have a mutual understanding of the relationship. But out of all the couples who deserve something that legally binds them, they are the least likely to get it in this entire film. And so you're watching Val, who is the least deserving of any kind of marriage out of this entire group of characters, fight for his marriage while practically destroying another, which is so fascinating to watch. I mean, and you see Albert and Armand if this was true to the time or whatever, they wouldn't be able to get married for, you know, almost 20 years after that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think almost exactly 20, right? Wait, can I math? Was I it can't 2016? Math. It was when I moved here. So it was 2015. 15. Yeah. So, I, so 19 years. That still is insane to me mm-hmm. that it was just then yeah. It's fucking baffling. I have been in Chicago longer than it has been legally, people have been legally able to get married uh, nationwide. I could so. It's just something that's like, oh, yeah, that happened in like when I was in high school. But no. no. Nope. <laughs> there are a bunch of cucks saying, oh, gay marriage shouldn't be legal in my high school. Fuck those kids. Yeah. 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 yeah Fuck them. No. Yeah. Fuck them all. Like Fuck that. I, have I talked about that? That day of silence where, you know, in recognition of LGBTQ communities, one kid just started like ranting about how it's against God to do. I think I have talked about it, then said some insensitive things about that person's family. Listen, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, you want it on? I got cool a lot it. of insensitive things to say about no, people. Remember I said, oh, yeah, but his brother was found by the river dead oh wait really yeah we don't need to go into that it's something that i it was a long bleep in one episode but you want to know what we're a better podcast now yes exactly we are in in honor of pride month we're always learning you know what i mean and even watching the birdcage you know you still learn something every single time you know is that again like we said the birdcage with that cast now only Christine Baranski would I want. <laughs> oh, my God. What Christine mo- Baranski and Diane Weist rep- reprising their roles. Yeah. But it's just I like... I mean, Nathan Lane can, can join Le- in, Nathan too. Lane can now do it. Um, I But, you know, who who would be the new Armand and Albert of 2019? And what what story what story w- would we tell with the birdcage now? Well, so and so here's the thing that I was... When I was watching it, and uh, very early on in the film, when they're having their first fight, uh, and it's played off as a joke is Albert says, you know, you know everything because you're a man. I know nothing because I'm a woman. And Armand goes, you're you're not a woman. Which I was like, is, is Albert non-binary? Oh, which sure. Which would be that, another beautiful is that aspect what this, of that story. Is that story what this story would be? It's, uh, it's reminiscent now. of Patrick Swayze and Tu Wong Fu. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is that that high level of, of feminine presentation. Mm-hmm. And I'll excuse myself now if I misgender or say anything that, is not correct terms because it's still an area that I'm educating myself on. And I'm just like, why not full disclaimer on that? And so is that it's just like, you know, that 
that level of commitment on a regular basis is usually implicative of, I'm probably just made up word, indicative rather, of of mm-hmm. a lifestyle choice that you can't do all the time. You know what I mean? Is yeah. that it's just like, that was the next step. And Tu Wong Fu is a whole other conversation and a totally a movie that if you guys haven't watched it, watch. But um, We'll be watching that in the future. Oh, there yeah. you go. Um, it's It's just fabulous too. But anyway, it's just like, what's fascinating to watch in Nathan Lane's performance and just the character of, of Albert and Starina is that first fight is just like a regular day, you know, is that like, that's just how he gets on stage at Starina. Like I could totally tell that that's just the warm up. You know what I mean? <laughs> is that it, it, I, I've studied this scene multiple times is that it's just clearly like, this is the way Starina prepares. But then when you watch every other argument in it, it's, for example, I something I noticed today, whether it was a direct choice or indirect choice, is that after Albert realizes the apartment's been quote unquote robbed and it's that them letting him know that he has to leave and he's upset. He stays at this neutral level as he goes down the stairs mm-hmm. and, and is walking through the regular way. And the moment he turns the corner and there's people at the diner, he starts to amp up the theatricalness of it. Oh, yeah. there's an audience. It's, yeah, the mo- he's, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost uh, innate. The moment he senses an audience, it goes, well, I am feeling these things, but now I have to perform because people know that I'm Starina. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is that I just was like, what a facet, the nuance that is carried throughout the performances is just fascinating. That is one of my favorite ones where I just go, no, he knows when to be grounded. You know what I mean? And it's all these little setups that make the whole second act of the movie work. And I think another aspect of that that you have to remember as well is Starina, whenever Nathan Lane's character is preparing and everything, we find out later that Nathan Lane knows that or knows that there's white wine in the fridge and that Armand must be seeing someone else because they don't drink white wine. So Albert's seeing a lot of like things that promote insecurity and is channeling them into that performance and pulling up that there was like a bugger what the fuck there was like, <laughs> ah! um just channeling that uh and and just putting on this sort of you know what we would say today was like a stereotypical like diva performance but you're right for an audience so i definitely agree that it's they probably have very similar conversations every day but we know that it was amped up even more from starting side because of the wine and all of that and Armand not telling uh, Nathan Lane's character that there, that Val was coming. The other line that what? I love in the kitchen after Val has shown up is fine. Okay, fine. You, you didn't, it, you aren't cheating on me, but you don't want to share your son with me. You know what I mean? Is that yeah. there's always something mm-hmm. that Albert is always preparing for a storm. You know what I mean? And it, that's, that's his protection no and, matter what. And he, furthers that whenever he's bringing up the patrimony. Oh, the uh, palimony agreement? Palimony agreement. Patrimony. Holy patrimony. Patricidimony? That's a whole I'm different... just combining words here. <laughs> I've made up like 19 uh, words. It's fine. This is the... Uh, this is... Uh, Shakespeare made up words. It's fine. Sure. Um, am I comparing myself to Shakespeare? No. No, I'm not. Yeah, he so... is. And I, <laughs> I, I'm fine with it. Yeah, the palimony agreement. Albert keeps bringing that up. And it's like, why has Armand, why have Armand and Albert not had this conversation before this moment? I just, I love their relationship. And I love, you know, seeing that. It's really sweet. So when when they finally do have the the palimony agreement conversation, it comes out and, and Armand like fesses up and tells Albert that everything has been under Albert's name the entire time. You assume that everything is under Armand's name. Yeah. And and so it, that was just a really like sweet and lovely moment where you realize that like 
everything has always been Albert's from Jump. So the signing of the palimony agreement is is Armand asking for yeah for a part of that life, which is just really really sweet. Um, and I I didn't catch that until a few years ago. Like it didn't it didn't register to me the weight of that scene. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's just it's, it's really nice. How I took that is Armand's got bad credit. Uh, he, he probably <laughs> no, well. It's uh, that's not untrue. No, yeah. that's that's the most gay thing in that movie is what's credit. <laughs> I haven't had credit since the Carter administration. Very proud that I finally. It only took me thirty minutes to break out that joke. Yeah, um, yeah. That in the 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 vast array of of phallic things in their part, <laughs> which so which okay. Many. We in this room have have three queer identifying folk yes. in the room. Correct. Um. I don't know about y'all, but I certainly don't have a, a vast array of just dicks as decoration in my house. Uh, you should uh, say maybe the straight person does. Maybe the straight person does. Maybe the straight person does. And there's the dick. Oh All my right. goodness. Well, I, I am a staring little penis. A, but yeah, but that's one tiny one. That's not 17 statues of just like gnomes with massive dicks I mean, if Neptune I could afford, massive dick. if I could afford a statue of Neptune in the classical Greek style with full penis on display, I would put that which somewhere. Sort of brings me to like there's, uh, it, and so that 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 scene where they're they're taking all the things out or they're just like walking around the uh, apartment talking about the things. It just it reminds me of a very specific type of gentleman that would have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a very specific yeah, like age group. Like I those those were like. You know, some of my gay uncles growing up definitely it's had... It's a gay uncle thing. It's my, an absolute gay uncle thing. My gay uncles are very Albert and Armand yeah. in that respect, that there's like the more the more focused one and then there's the more artistic one. You yeah. know what I mean? Is that like, that's how that pairing is. And I just remember I was house sitting for them one time and when I was in college and they were finally like, oh, we're at that point where, you know, we can we can talk like we're, we're men, except we're gay men. You know what I mean? Is that we can like, we can hang like buddies and whatnot. And it cracked me up is that like the first thing he was just like, look at this big book of artistic penises <laughs> and i was like well i'm not gonna read this three days in house sitting it's like wow that is a good looking dick yeah. that that is a good shot and many of my own photos are modeled after that book i thought you're gonna say many of your own photos are in that, in that book. book no <laughs> we've um, seen your gram we, we I, I sadly sadly my my finstagram i removed not you know that's a whole different conversation is that the like expression of your body in 2019 is that like i'm very proud of my current state of my body i'm going on a tangent Ladies and gentlemen, hold on tight. Do it. No, but I was just like, you know, I had a Finstagram and my tuchus was out and about because I posted it on my regular one and I had many a person talk to me about it and they weren't like mad. They were just like in I almost said they were in awe. Everyone was in awe of my ass. They were in awe and, of his tush. Of my tush, of my buttocks. Um, but it just, I was like, I felt like it was like I needed a separate category. And it was just interesting that like I had it for like a brief amount of time. I was like, eh, everyone's seen my ass. It's old and hat now. You know what I mean? And so anyway, if you want to see my ass, more information can be found on the internet. You mean tell me you think there are men that's country that ain't seen your bosom? There we go. And the Golden Girls <laughs> have made it into this episode. Well, that was that, that was a, a league of their own reference. Oh, but my part. Yeah, yeah. Have you? In the similar vein well, of well, things. I mean, it's all gay, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's all gay. It's all great. Can we talk about the music? 
I don't know music, so uh, y'all can talk oh. about it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Ryan and I have completely commandeered this. So oh, do you, I mean, do definitely. You, do you do, do have it. anything to say? <laughs> <laughs> do I have anything to say on my podcast? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We're gonna be editing it out. We're just gonna edit it out. It's just you two. No, <laughs> it's just, it would be so much harder to do that, guys. We're <laughs> <laughs> just gonna re-record and be like. They're just gonna have our names in the front of it, and then just exactly. Us out for the exactly. Rest of it. That's the smartest thing to do, truly. I know just from watching it that a lot of it was were musical references, and even though I am in theater, I still like I'm not as well versed in musicals as y'all are, despite sure. how well I do on the on the Tony quizzes the, and to- things. the Tony ballots yeah. and Tony ballots I do real well on those I just y'all it, can we just yeah. for a minute just congratulate all the Tony winners congratulations we don't know who I, we, we don't know who they are we don't know who they are but by the time this airs they will they will exactly um this Great. is actually our fastest turnaround I think for a podcast as well usually we record like sort of a week in advance yeah. but but now we're recording like Two days. So also props to James. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For getting this out on time. Just gonna say congratulations, American Treasure Christine Baranski, on all of the Tonys that you've won. Yes. I <laughs> She's know. not nominated for any of them, but she will win she every will win single one. one of them. Uh Stephanie J. Block is definitely gonna win a Tony. I'm calling it. Or Beth Level. Uh, no, I know you want Beth Level. I do want Beth Level but win. you know, there you go. There's a perfect example too, the prom. You know what I mean? Ryan was fortunate enough to see some very queer theater this past year. Very Dead. queer theater. The spinoff podcast, Very Queer Theater, is um, he saw Head Over Heels, uh, which is probably the queerest thing that was on Broadway oh last my God. year. It was incredible. Y'all, okay, real quick. Sorry, I know we're tangenting. Uh, but Head Over Heels starred Peppermint from RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Uh, and, but the really cool thing about that is that Peppermint was the first openly trans person to originate a role on Broadway. That's in incredible. Yeah, that is, it's it's terrible that it's taken that long, but like it's about damn time. Yeah. About um, damn time. About damn time. Can, can I do a plug? Because sure. I'm here. That's, the, you were setting this entire thing up to do the I plug. was not setting this up to do a plug <laughs> for my own show, but now that we're here. Uh-huh. So if you want to see this magnificent script on display, I will be in the Chicago regional premiere of Head Over Heels beginning July 1st with Co-Candy Productions in a role that I would have never guessed I'd play in this, this next year. I'm playing a straight man. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the father of two. The father of two, exactly. So um, if you want to see what in the world we're talking about. And it's the music of the Go-Go's, which is fabulous in and of itself. So July 1st, tickets are now available at cocandyproductions.com. And you get to see me with a beard, which is magical. But uh, so head over heels. And then we were talking about the prom. Hey, Frankie, real quick, qu- can you take your headphones off real quick? Hey, Ryan, do, do you think you could get me comps from Frankie for that? <laughs> That's a joke I did on the last podcast, too. Listen, I'm not paying for tickets. Frankie, Frankie like, has to give me comps as like part of our contractual friendship. Like, Rider. I have to take his comps. Here's what we'll do. That's a rule. You'll get like a suitcase, a big one. Sure. A duffel? I'll, a rolling duffel? Yes. I'll squeeze in real tight. You wheel me in with your <laughs> comp, and I'll just kind of like sit like... Not in your lap, but like on the floor in between your legs, and I'll peek my little head up. And we'll get you one of those like service animal vests. Oh, yes. Done. There's got to be the accessibility line. We'll I'll call shave it. out my, my cat, Frank, even though he's not, I don't own him. I'll shave <sighs> him, drizzle that hair on me, and it'll look like I'm a dog. I mean, Just obviously. Wear a fursuit or something? I don't know. This is the only logical solution yeah. to this problem. Um, well, um, I'm not a, I'm not a furry. No, hey, I'm kidding. I'm furry as hell, guys. Uh, what if I, <laughs> what if you found out I was a furry? I would 
I would just disappear into the ether. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, yeah, it would make sense. <laughs> and let me yeah, just say, maybe. from from my purview, and now that my headphones are back on and I didn't hear anything about complimentary tickets to production. Um, a, Ryan and I have a palimony agreement. It's unwritten. Um, just <laughs> FYI. Everything's in Franklin's name. A, every, everything is in Franklin's name, as if either of us have credit. Jesus Christ. Um, B, I thought it was so hot. I thought Ryan was in his underwear. I looked over too quickly. <laughs> it's uh, not you know, August I, yet. It is not the Fly Honey Show while we're doing shameless plugs. I mean, we do plug I'm going to wait until. Well, we, I'm going we'll, to plug it out at the we'll end. We'll plug it at the end. Anyway, is that I'm just like, this is actually a fairly scruffy room of individuals. Yeah. I was just like, yes, embrace our body hair yes, but very well we've been trying to talk about the prom for about <laughs> 10 minutes now Wait, should we should we go back to to the sondheim sondheim deep cuts so, of uh, the birdcage yes we'll, we'll go back to I the actual birdcage <laughs> um th- just look up the prom online it should win more tonys than it's gonna get and we'll have that conversation over some over some schnecken schmecken when the schnecken beckons there you go <laughs> when, exactly. the schnecken when the schmecken beckons share but she yeah. share has arrived bitches Okay, so Sondheim. Sond- what is Sondheim's relationship to the birdcage, Ryan? <laughs> so we kind yes, of... There yes, are, Ryan, please tell there us There are about. not one, not two, but three Sondheim deep cuts. Three? Three. three. One, two, three. Can you, can you name them, Ryan? I, I can't name oh, them by Jesus. name, but I can, I can sing every fucking one I mean, one of them. didn't you write them down? No, I, I just no, wrote, we sort one, two, three. I one, two, three. I uh, believe uh, it's emerging parentheses from the birdcage. Then the second one we hear is, oh boy, parentheses, that birdcage. <laughs> yeah. And number three is parenthetical, that birdcage out of parentheses is hot as hell. I mean, so okay, so you—that's not untrue. That's not untrue. Uh, the first one is the is the is Starina's entrance, right? Okay, so the entrance parenthetical is from the bird from cage. the birdcage from the birdcage. Bird well, there's two songs that play in Starina's entrance. It's the band that got away, which is not the Sondheim song. No, but the next one is a cut song from Follies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, if I get that wrong, there's going to be many a gay man mad at me, many a queer person. I don't even but know the, what the Follies song, is. But the song so... is uh, "Can That Boy Foxtrot." Man, um, I love that parenthetical in the birdcage. In the birdcage, mm-hmm. can that boy Foxtrot in the birdcage? Um, and a man escape, uh, man escaping parentheses from the birdcage. Exactly. We're going to skip to the third one. Yes. Wait, why why not the second one? Well, because that one's got more story. Yeah, okay. that that will tangent into an, a, a right. new topic. Uh, the third one is, is with with Robin Williams and American Treasure Christine Baranski. American Treasure Christine Baranski. She's an American Treasure. Who is this in the movie? A Val's mother. Val's okay, mother. that's when what I thought. When, in they're, the, in the, in the, when they're at the gym. Yeah, the office. The office of the, the gym. office of the of the <laughs> of the current fitness empire of the of the straighter but somehow gayer version of Barry's boot camp in the nineties. Sure, I was going to say. <laughs> Was that 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 lesbian work, Jackie? Remember Jackie's? Honey, I don't know. I wasn't alive. I don't in the remember 90s. anything from the nineties. What it, are you talking about, Ryan? It, it wasn't the nineties. It was like I don't remember anything from something. Two thousand. Never mind. Unimportant tangent. But what is the song, Ryan? Love is in the air. Um, it's Love is in the Air, and it's a cut song from 
oh, we're getting a divorce. Yeah, you're about this and I am. It is the original opening number from A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. That's right. We I literally... Okay, Frankie I was and I... cast in that show, actually. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. It was originally Back cut because it was, too, it was too light. It was too no. fluffy. And it didn't set audiences up for the show. So they wrote the iconic number, Comedy Tonight, because Love is in the Air didn't work. But now Love in the Air is immortalized by the birdcage. Bird, so the we second have this conversation so, literally every, every, every week. Every week. Every week. I, I, I hear it. He does. Yeah. He does in the same um, And I'm still, I just look at you blankly and go, hello, Ryan. Because <laughs> Corwin, hello, Corwin. Hello, Ryan. Although I will say Corwin. Please call 1-800-I-don't-know-music. Corwin, I will say you are sounding far less robotic. It's the voiceover class. I classes. think it's, 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 it's not it's, actually that. It's just me caring, I guess. <laughs> sure. Sure. I have experienced emotion in the past two years. <laughs> well, I sound we'll get less his, like a robot. We'll get his name later. Yeah. Uh, but oh. <laughs> oh, saucy. But the second song. The second song, which would be the last one that we talk about, is it's leads into the most iconic moment in the film. In the film, yes. I'm going to say. Oh, and I'm, I'm blanking on town, so I can't make of it. But I, I can't make fun of Ryan anymore. But it <laughs> was, was the or, original song that Sondheim wrote for the movie. And if I'm wrong, then I'm just going to assume it's a trunk song. But let's just say both are true. Um, sure. um But it's, uh, what is this dream I see? You know, and then um, it leads to... It leads to the most I, I, incredible dance montage moment in cinematic history where where Robin Williams comes on stage. Starts with the monologue of, of Gloria. The gum. Well, it, there's the gum. Well, there's, there's the whole the gum, gum moment. Sequence. You know, <laughs> just because you're 22 and hung doesn't mean, <laughs> Albert, let me handle this. Right. Uh, you know, is that it's it's a number of mythic proportions and the creator and, the, and all and this. And heart and slash pelvis. Heart slash pelvis. And then the, the darling twunk just goes, I don't think I got it. And, uh, and Albert from behind goes try more gum <laughs> it's, it's just the repartee again but then we get he's to he's popping his gum while I'm singing he can't do that while I'm singing there it's you just, go oh, so anyway the so then uh, the, 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 the the twunk doesn't get it yeah. and he's just like am I just supposed to stand there and which leads Robin Williams to go so no you do an eclectic celebration of a dance you do Fosse 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 or Michael Kidd Michael Kidd Michael Kidd Michael Kidd Twyla 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 Twyla, Madonna, 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 but you keep it all inside. I said those out of order and I am mad at myself. It's okay. You also <laughs> forgot Martha Graham. I know. That's you what did. I did. You'll forgive Martha Graham. Can I start to catch up again? I even knew you fucked I'm it up. I'm going to try it again. And I don't know nothing about no again. music and again. dancing. You do Fosse, 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 Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham, or Twyla, 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 Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Madonna, 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 but you keep it all inside. And like what what Robin Williams does with his movement to like emulate those <laughs> styles is like oddly accurate. Yeah, it's great. It's... If you've ever like studied any of their their work, it's like no, that's that's actually pretty pretty close. I would say. The, I mean, Madonna. Yeah, I was gonna say the only uh... one actually, the only one that is probably like wrong <laughs> um, would be Madonna because that's voguing, which she yeah. stole from. She heavily borrowed from the ballroom scene. Correct. Uh, but whereas Which, all the rest of them were were established choreographers and have their uh, their own very specific style of movement. And we can also mention that a lot of a lot of uh, great things are, are stolen from the ballroom scene. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Y'all pose and is I, coming out. 
Season two. <gasps> Season two of both. I can't wait. I in preparation for this episode, but not not really in preparation. I just read a lot of like gay history and things like that. Um, and one of the things I read recently was that the ballroom scene and uh, things like that were, and the term coming out comes from these parties that queer people would have for someone coming out into the scene. That's they were saying they were gay, um, but they were coming out to be shown off uh, to the rest of the queer community. So that's where that term comes from, not necessarily coming out of the closet um, and being like repressed. It's it's coming out to like your your naming day like your christening your christening my christening my my christine baranski speaking of christine baranski one of my favorite moments about american treasure christine baranski in this film specifically is towards the end of the film it's after all the shit has hit the fan oh everything everything that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong um previously at at this dinner um uh, the 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 senator and 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 his wife uh, see these uh, ceramic bowls that have uh, <laughs> what they can't quite make out what they are, but it comes to it, it's 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 Greek you know, men, Greek men fucking. Which um, also <laughs> short side note, you gay history. The Greeks were very very gay. There's also uh, a mention of Alexander the Great, who was also a queer individual. Who Until a I lot of say, oh god, yes, a lot yes. of people say was. Probably gay. He did have a son, but the end of Alexander's life was whenever his partner died. It was it was a it was a big big thing. He spent all the money in his empire uh, building a monument for him and everything else. So Alexander the Great, very he, gay. You know what they say about a man with a big monument? <laughs> he conquers half the known world. Yeah, exactly. Over half, most oh, of the known world. Exactly. And he was dead. So uh, back to the back dinner to the bowls. scene. So then, um, oh wait, then, can can I quickly say yeah. something? Sure, uh, it's your podcast. A great improv team name. <laughs> a great name for an improv team would be Greek Men Fucking. <laughs> Isn't that the name of most improv teams? Yes, and I don't know. I I mean, I thought that was the f- name of our future improv team. <laughs> Greek Men Fucking. Thank you, everybody. We've been Greek Men Fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Or I also believe any improv team could be the name of a punk band and vice versa. Sure. Like Upright Citizens Brigade would be a great punk name. Y'all look out for our punk single. Uh, It's going to be from our new band uh, that includes Franklin, Ryan, and I. Uh, It's from the band Greek Men Fucking. Hey, don't tease this. I would really like to do this. I mean, you're the producer, so get it done, James. Come on. Punk rock improv group. Yeah. But yes, let's. Uh, th- that's all I wanted Fuck to say. Fuck yes, and that's what that's what, that's what I did. we would just scream. <laughs> Fuck yes, and that's the name of our first song. Yeah. Fuck yes, and. Fuck yes, and. Fuck yes, and. Fuck comma yes comma and. And. Followed by Semicolon. our next uh, our next hit poppers. <laughs> next hit poppers. Next hit. Uh, next hit of poppers. Yeah. Next hit. Of, I, next hit of poppers. You, I'm yeah. glad you got the joke. Yes. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm sniffing because of allergies, <laughs> not because we have bottles of poppers. Just aerating about. Even though Ryan promised me that we would gift James some poppers. Corwin, I, I think that idea is dumb. The next single should be titled No But. That's also an improv term of someone saying, no, that's not what we're doing, but this is what we're doing. <laughs> That must be that new improv. I haven't heard that <laughs> no rule <but>. yet. <laughs> it's like that new math those kids are doing. No but. <laughs> no but. <laughs> no but. That's what the gays are for. Just the but. I don't. 
What uh, what in the butt? What what, what, in, the what in the butt? Yeah, what comma what? Good. Okay, sorry for <laughs> interrupting you so much. I just want to talk about Christine Baranski's epic about- moment that is just very small and also uh, wonderful. For those who are uncultured and everything, uh, as you would say, I am um, in some situations. Christine Baranski is uh, Val's biological mother. What a buildup for like not where I thought that sentence was going. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were like, I thought you were to like read her IMDb off yeah. her her humanitarian efforts. Uh, Corwin, her, I apologize. I can't. The timeless style. <laughs> Normally, I would edit some of those us out, but I they called you out there. on it. No, yeah. I need them all there. No, that was that was intentional setup. That was great. Is that like it's like saying that like Ryan Tang is known for eating Chex Mix. <laughs> Frankie Leo Bennett is known for his abnormal foot size. You know, you know? I wouldn't say that. I'd say Franklin Leo Bennett. Exactly. Franklin Leo Bennett. Um, I'm sorry. So, Agador Spartacus, played by Hank Azaria. Another but, conversation we'll set up for later. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. We're, we're serving dinner with Greek men fucking. And they're, and they're, they're putting this, this soup. This, uh, stew. This, this stew. Peasant stew. Peasant, peasant seafood soup. Chowder, seafood chowder. Seafood chowder. Peasant, peasant, they don't know what the fuck it's called. Stew. Peasant stew. They, they put it in the bowls and everybody takes a bite of it and just instantly like puts it down and goes and grabs bread instead so it's very clearly a disgusting thing that nobody is eating <laughs> so later on uh in the film or at the very end when all the shit has hit the fan everyone just all kind of like sitting around in, in the bedroom trying to figure out what the fuck to do there's you know uh robin williams and and uh and nathan lane are there the the healy's are there i'm going back and forth to, between their real names and the the character names uh, the distraught couple is there. The Goldmans and the Healy's uh, are there. Thank you. Or the Coleman's. Um, it's Keeley. It's Keeley. What am I saying? Healy. <laughs> I Healy. said Healy. We're not rolling you said around. Keely. I thought some it's... of you guys were saying Neely. Exactly. Uh, the Neely's are there. Ted Neely played Jesus in this film. Sure. That's, Jesus. That's a deep cut for musical theater gays out yeah. there. I don't know nothing about that musical theater. We'll watch Jesus Christ Superstar because it's pretty gay. I saw the John Legends. Uh, That's pretty gay. That's pretty gay. <laughs> Sarah Burles was in it. I know. It was right. It wasn't it right when she was doing Waitress. Christine Baranski. Christine Baranski. (laughs) Anyway, goddammit, I hate all of you. Um, (laughs) As they're panning around, they show everyone's just super distraught and like drinking and like having their feelings. And then there's Christine Baranski just like eating the soup. (laughs) In the background. (laughs) And I've never seen that before. (laughs) And Ryan pointed out today and I cried because the joke of it too was that when he's ladling it out in the first shot we see of it, there's no egg. And then when Diane Wiest gets it, she goes, but there's egg in it because it's seafood chowder at that point because no one knows what it is. And so then we see everyone has a brown egg except for Gene Hackman. Then there's the wide shot of all of them at the table and then they all turn into white eggs. And then the next shot, everyone suddenly has eggs again. Mm-hmm. But the best part is, is that Christine Baranski is ladling the egg out of the bowl and like <laughs> stare. She is making a meal out of the world's grossest soup. Mm-hmm. And I cried and making a meal out of that scene for herself it just has nothing she left to was do. upstaging everyone exactly she's a treasure that being said the best line that i finally heard tonight was nathan lane going oh it's like miami today oh they're just print news <laughs> <laughs> it's starina uh, predicting the future of oh well it's it's not buzzfeed <laughs> <laughs> they're there were some great timeless jokes, and I don't know if I actually wrote any of them down, though I should have. I put down Albert's practically abreast. <laughs> <laughs> Albert's practically abreast. Well, you just be as gay, Uncle Al, you know. Oh uh, my God, the whole the toast. I pierced the toast. You pierced the toast. Uh, uh, let me give you an image. <laughs> it's a cliche, but it's an image. John, John Wayne. Wayne. 
Agador, grab my toothbrush. It's in the usual place. (laughs) Yeah, that one's great. (laughs) I do know now how to get cast by Ryan in anything. Here, if you guys meet Ryan and want to be acting with him, just say this. The road's black. (laughs) Cutting through the green. The trees. You're saying it too dramatic. (laughs) The road's black. Green trees. Purple mountains. Virginia. Talk about Purple Mountain's <laughs> majesty. Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, it is, and then there's so much silence. And then I, I also feel like... Then like, there's Virginia. <laughs> there was just like Robin Williams' face in that was my face that I've made when so many people have talked to me. Call them out. Name them. <laughs> so many straight people have <laughs> talked to me. It's just, oh my gosh. I, and I also wrote down too, is that because this it functions as a stage play and it's timing and whatnot, there's like a clear act break, you know, where the conflict is set up, where um, I feel it's where uh, Robin Williams walks in on Christine Baranski and Robin Williams. And it looks like they're about to have an intimate moment. And it's, well, you know, and then like we've set up the act two, you know, set up and anyway, but I just talk about, it was like that whole monologue is clearly intended for us. If you're a theater nerd to realize like, how does Albert know to get into drag as Mrs. Coleman? That was my big question today. I was like, out of everything else in this movie, every the logic is consistent throughout the movie, except for like one station scene, which we could talk about later. It doesn't really matter. But I was like, how does Albert know to get into drag and play the mother? Like, is there another answering machine in the house? Is, is is she like, which is very true, have a glass up to the door and hear the conversation and pieces it together. And I just feel like that monologue in theater time is enough time for a character to, to get leave, dressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that I think that Albert just gets in drag to to help Val. I think Albert at that well, point is just like... No, I get why. Yeah. Well, I think that Albert just decides to do it like right when Albert locks himself in that room you think, you think albert's been in drag for like an hour i think he's taking an hour to put on drag <laughs> well it's he didn't he didn't think enough to glue that wig down though no because any queen worth their worth their saw would have had that wig glued down and that lace front would not have slipped like it did i mean um, it's a great bit. It's, it's a good bit val took out all the uh the stuff Albert was working with what he had. Val had everything that's, removed from the apartment. That's why there's no spirit gum. Yeah, but he went down the could. And that's why Callista Flockhart had to give oh, with uh, the, barrette. Oh, the other Alberta. thing is too is that it's Bobby Penn. The other illogical thing. I, I can't believe I'm calling out the illogical parts of the birdcage. There's a couple. I have a few. But it's just like they have to exit the bedroom to get back into the 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 club. So there has to be another entrance from the bedroom somehow. There is because the the bedroom the, bed, the balcony I, the bedroom and the her dressing room, Serena's dressing room are two different rooms, but I think they're connected. Okay. Because you see Albert like after the the no good. Like one does want to <laughs> does want a hint of color moment. Uh, go into a like full a full room. It's okay. not just a small So closet. I'll let that go. Yeah. But enough time for Albert to know to get dressed go through the many hallways mm-hmm. of their chateau, sure. which is not the right word, but sure. the, and come through the front door. You know what I mean? I was just like, I will believe everything else in this movie, but I just went, huh, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I love Pierre and Tat. I'm going to rattle through notes because we're, we're, yes. we're on that hour mark, so we need to to start wrapping it up. Yes, we do, because so, we're, we're, uh, yeah, we're just getting warmed up. Yeah, I, I, I Franklin and Ryan can speak about things for hours, and it's always very entertaining the entire way through. Um, we talked about the drag queen in the opening, um, before they go into the culturally inappropriate, uh, dresses, um, headdresses, 
is what they are wearing. Um, one of them doesn't have a tuck at all. And we're like, what? What is that? Not a, There was a lot more meaty, a lot less tuck. <sighs> a lot less tuck. Also, none of them are professional drag queens. I, or at least that's not what any of them are known for. Uh, I, cause I've looked. Because I'm like, are any of them like pre- like star queens from the 90s? And they're all just like dancers. I mean, I, great dancers, but... right. I love yeah. Robin Williams when Val tells him that he's getting married. Uh, Robin Williams just downs the wine and just looks so distraught. Are you upset? Glug, 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 glug. And let me <laughs> tell you why. why. <laughs> you do this. You're doing it on your own. And then, and then Val calls his bluff. Um, I I love the relationship between... So at the end, you see... I mean, throughout the whole thing, you see sort of the relationship between Albert and Val. And you don't see till the end that Val does consider Albert his, his mother. Yeah. Um, but you see Albert is so doting and so loving. Um, and Armand himself is also so doting and loving. And it's just, that's a, it's a beautiful family. And even Val points out, you know, we're, I'm the only family in my you know class that doesn't come from a broken home. Yeah. Yeah. They have a loving family, even though, uh, Val's, uh, being a little shit throughout the whole thing with that. That was, that's what I have. Val was being a little shit. That's a very valid, accurate note. A Val. Yeah. I, I, I think we've touched on it, it briefly throughout it. Uh, I'm sorry, was it, did I interrupt you, James? No. Oh, you, no, I, I, I made a no. pun and everybody ignored it. And I'm oh, very well, I ignore it. you on a daily basis. <laughs> no, just know. the touching on Hank Azaria, who I feel like his career in the past couple of years has, has he's had to redefine it. You know what I mean? Is that he's, he's come to a point where he's learning, if not fully educated, that he's been a consistent portrayer of offensive stereotypes for at least two decades you know and and what's fascinating too again we have all of these very straight people except nathan lane now portraying these very queer stereotypes and what's interesting is that i think i have more of a problem with his straight agador spartacus than i do of his gay uh, agador you know what I mean? And it, I, that's just a personal note. I, you know. Sure. You know what I mean? Is that it was just like, oh, well, it, 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 because we're, as everyone else has transitioned in the movie, you can still like see their like base character, if you will. Mm-hmm. Hank Azaria is such a chameleon of an actor and I think he's immensely talented, but he still is portraying these stereotypes. Yeah. And he switches instantly from like, well, this is my offensive gay and now this is my offensive you know uh, uh, guatemalan you know I what i mean i wear shoes because they make me fall down is an iconic line don't get me wrong yeah very funny but you it's... also pointed out that the first gag physical gag of the movie didn't happen until really that point which was like an hour and 15 minutes into the movie it was the first like slapstick moment yeah you know where everything else is either like brilliant sharp writing or at least vaudeville comedy where you have to think through the joke with it the actual just funny flat out like literally trips over himself doesn't happen until the second act of the movie which is like saying a lot about the film that could easily fall into camp but they're always camp adjacent they're never just they do devolve into camp when it's necessary but the whole movie's not camp well and at that point that's when that's when it really feels like like it's it's a play script yes it's Um, definitely it's noises off yeah absolutely it's um Oh, God, I just I mean, it's government inspector, um, a lot of like just mistaken identity. It's restoration comedy. Absolutely. It's, that's exactly what it is. Um, and the second act specifically. Yeah. All right, guys. One more note from everyone else. If you guys have another note. Oh, boy. Hold on. Let me. I... <laughs> Gene Hagman plays a villain character, and he does that in most of his movies. And he does it really well. 
Um, unfortunately, because you just want to hate him so much. Oh, my my final note that I want to sign off on is because I've been comparing. It's a good round a rounding up moment for me. Is that um, in the Lacage uh, mythology? That's not the right word, but I'll say it. You know, is that it's 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 the Albert character, the Alban character. I'm sorry. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the Albert Alban character who has this like big come to terms with himself after the the um. Armand character tells them that like you can't be yourself after after years of me allowing you to do this I have to ask you not be yourself and the iconic musical theater number I am uh, I am what I am uh, is that revelation where it's just like fuck all of you this is who I am but what I realized in watching the birdcage is that while that moment does happen to a point it comes later in the movie towards the end when when he comes out as Mrs. Goldman Coleman Cold Isle de Coleman whatever that whole bit Cold de Lamont Cold de Lamont um, is that it's actually the Armand character who has that moment, and I, I run out of time, but you, the reclamation of the word fag in this movie is yep. fascinating. And it's Albert, or not Albert, Armand, who has the I am what I am moment, and it happens like 30 minutes into the film. And I was like, that's an interesting switch. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. And we, I do like that instead of the movie being like, oh, you know, fixing Albert at the end, it's um, Val is like, no, Albert is my mother. Albert is. Albert is Albert. Yeah. It's beautiful. Just point of that. Ryan. Uh, in, in one of the opening shots, uh, as they're, they're going into the club, um, they're showing all like the funny things that kind of like go wrong in this place. One of them is... Uh, food safety. Is, is don't spoil it, Corrine, is when they open, is when uh, Armand <laughs> opens the kitchen door and one of the chefs has dropped a steak, <laughs> picks it up off the ground, puts it back on the plate. But what really worries me the most is the man is wearing flip-flops. You don't have shoes. <laughs> you're in a, you are working in a, in a kitchen and you're not wearing shoes. They're on the they beach. They also talk about the Kennedys being there. So I'm just going to assume that the steak is going to be given to one of the Kennedys. God, oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, in, in, in all seriousness, I mean, the, the birdcage is one of the first films that I saw that had any sort of queer representation in it. And uh, it's important to me for that. And it will always be iconic. It will always be a, a, a part of my history. Um, I mean, we can talk about the issues with it all day long, and we should, uh, so we don't have these problems again. But I mean, there, I mean, it really was, it came out when I was like, I don't know, 14, no, 11. Yeah, 96. So it came out when I was 11. So like just at that that age of like, pubescence and and sort of like figuring out who you are and and what uh sexuality and 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 that expression means and i had the birdcage for that and i'm just really happy to get to continue to still enjoy this film i I liken it to the love simon of the 90s i'm sure there are probably better examples i've never seen love simon but i'm sure it probably is is we'll be watching that very shortly yeah is that like right now like i need you to watch that now yes so it, I'm sure you all will get that reference is that it was just like we hadn't had anything that was like, well, yeah, it's a slapsticky comedy and whatnot. And it's actually a very smart comedy. Like if we hadn't gathered, it's a very smart comedy. But at the end of the day, it was just like, no, it's it's a love story first. And if you don't consider The Birdcage one of the like top 10 American love stories, yeah. then you're just not watching it as the brilliant film it is. It just happens to have gay characters in their their lives. But it is a beautiful love story at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I got one more note. Hey, fans, if you can send us a gold bedazzled windscreen for microphones, please wait until we have a P.O. box because right now we don't have one. 
because we would ah, love to have one. I get would it be going. impractical? Absolutely. Would it make it sound probably a little muddy and muffled? You better believe it. But it would still look great. How about we get a gold bedazzled pop screen? I feel like that would. Oh be no, it a would little... still be bad. Well, I mean, around the side. Oh yeah, around like, the. Okay, yeah. You well, know, if the the screen itself was gold and then it was bedazzled around the sides, encrusted. That would be and yes, encrusted around the sides. That would be a it beautiful. You pop. set it up every single time because the as I've told you before, the problem with like the pop filter, the big one, is other people who record here want to look at they 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 don't know. It's like they've never talked to someone on the phone before. They want to do this. Hey, hi. yeah, I can see you now. Picture, picture. <laughs> this is this is the pop. Screen. Hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. James, James is not speaking the into the mic this? right now. Just for to, our listeners at home, he's doing <clears throat> it the wrong way. He's doing it yes, the wrong way. way. Um, and it, it, it I mean, annoyed me so much. That's why we have these ones. I mean, the whole point of my my classes were to learn was was to learn. Uh, vocal techniques and things like that. Uh, so part of that is using a pop filter. So you don't have to worry about me. Is well, this I'm is saying. a pop filter. Yes. No, like the the big. I know. Yeah, yeah like those. You, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I I own them. I only use. You just them. called you a pop filter. I'm not. Sorry, I I blacked out and was thinking about poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. His, uh, it's yeah. his. Uh, My mo. His mo. His. It's his word of the month. My homo. Word of the year. My Emma Homo. My Emma Homo. And, and, and on that, and we're, we're thank you for uh, joining us this week. Um, before we, sorry. Uh, I'm guessing everyone would recommend this movie. Oh, highly. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, I also wanted, because it's Pride Month and we are doing this thing where we have, um, we're trying to do uh, queer guests and things like that. Um, Frank, you're queer? What does... Very. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very strange. Uh, I just wanted to ask real quick, um, what does pride mean to you? So one at a time, just go. Oh, I get to go first. Thanks, yeah. Ryan. You're welcome. Yeah. Pride Ryan to me. Um, I'm very proud of myself in at least the past year. I feel like pride is a constantly redefining term. Um, at least that's how I see it. Um, because we're always redefining ourselves. And this past year, I've taken a real big forward step with my own mental health. Um, which has been exciting um, as an artist and as Frankie. So my 2019 pride, what pride means to me is a constant conversation with myself. And I'm very proud that I am engaging with the Frankie that wants to be alive in 2019, a very queer, very body positive, very, very quiet, introspective person who has accomplished a lot and been afraid of admitting that. So um, because I'm gay, I'm very proud that I can be a voice now on safe and effective mental health. So ask me that in 2020 and I hopefully the answer will be different. I'm very proud of you, Frankie. Well, thank you. And I used your real name. You did. All right. Ryan, what does pride mean to you? I think pride to me is, uh, is active. Um, and, and, in the sense that um, it's really easy to think that where we are now um, is so much better than where we were even 10 years ago, which is true. I mean, where we are now is much better than we were 10 years ago for some people. 
Um, so pride to me is um, celebrating those wins, but recognizing that we still have a long fucking way to go. Um, we can't get complacent. We have to continue to uh, listen to one another. We have to continue to grow and learn from one another and uh, to continue to fight for one another. Um, so that is, that's, that's my pride. My pride is, is being proud of the victories, but also knowing we have many more victories to win. Yes, I completely agree with that. Um, thank you, uh, Ryan, for that. I'm also very proud of you as well. Thanks, pride. Ryan. Um, so thank you both so much for introducing this movie to, yeah, it's uh, fucking James. amazing. Uh, or helping me introduce this movie to James and the world. I kind of want to have Nicole watch it tonight. Like, you should. You should watch it all the time. I it's do. It's so good. It's a, it's I got a it on Prime. You got my yeah. Prime. Go ahead. It's, yeah, a beautiful movie. Highly recommend it. Uh, thank you both so much. Uh, it's very important to me to talk about uh, queer movies and queer film and things like that. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Um, James and I joke a lot about a lot of different movies and stuff, but the whole point of it is um, to promote uh, queer films and to show that it is art and there are very even in the the worst queer films that we've seen uh there are some beautiful moments and there are beautiful things that people should see and um these stories that need to be told i don't know about make a wish though guys it's it 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 has some moments the i make, talked about the them. make a wish <laughs> foundation does a lot of good work i don't know what you're talking about james they're very it, effective. Uh, it's a very bad movie. We very watched. bad, uh, very bad film. Very good organization. Was a sequel to that, the Ronald McDonald Foundation. What happened? <laughs> we wish. Then something good would have came out of it. But what you guys got to plug? Oh, yeah. oh yes. Um, reminder: um, tickets are now on sale for the Chicago uh, premiere engagement of the Go Go's musical Head Over Heels. Um, that begins July first at Theater Wit. Tickets are now available at cocandyproductions.com or at the Theater Wit website. Can you also send Corwin those links Absolutely. so I can put them in the description? They'll Bye. be there, I'll guys. I'll add you to our group chat so that noise. you can just noise. hear that. Noise. Yeah. My my plug um, is tickets are not currently on sale. However, they will be going on sale very soon for uh, the Fly Honey Show, currently in its 10th season, Fly Honey 10. Um, I am the associate choreographer of the hive as well as the hive captain and and ensemble member of the show we go uh i I think i think tickets go on sale june 25th i think that's the right right date i'll give you the info um but the show sells out every year for five weeks um come check it out come follow us on the gram uh the fly honeys are on uh instagram at, at the fly honey show or the fly honeys uh Follow us on Facebooks. Uh, I don't think we have a YouTube channel, but uh, theflyhoneyshow.com is a website you can check out, and we're all over the place. So Heck yeah. Check us out. Come see our show. Corwin. Yeah, my plug. Uh, as you know from listening to this a uh, few weeks back uh, with my creative director and director of the show I'm in, uh, Brian Fruits, I'm going to be in uh, Macbeth this summer. It's running from July 12th through August 3rd. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, you can go to saltboxtheater.org. Uh, that link has always been uh, on everything that we put up, um, but just go there. It'll send you a link to tickets. Uh, you can get tickets now. Um, it's a pretty, uh, it's going to be a great show and it's 90 minutes. So you don't have to sit through Shakespeare for two and a half hours uh, like normal. 
Yeah. 90 minutes. Hey guys, we want to give a big thank you to Steve F at Hit People Guy on Twitter for donating in our efforts to get a AC unit. If you would like to do so, or maybe check out my other podcasts such as Mostly Speak and Sentai, I'll Get There, What the Hell Mouth, and the new one, Hit It and Crit It. It's a D&D actual play podcast. Go to MLMPod.com. Also, listen to my rap music there, Marshland Monster. You can download all my CDs for free. They're there, MLMPod.com. Also, check out Nicole's Arts and Wares on DarlingHomebody.com. You can get prints. You can get awesome pins, buttons, everything. Check out the coloring book her and I did, the GGLN coloring book. And she also has our Crumbums comics and her old Darling Homebody stuff. That's all I've got. Follow us on Twitter at This Movie's Gay. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye. Why does no, it sound like no. the opening of a theater performance where the orchestra's like trying to get in tune? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was trying to do. Uh, great. Uh, thank bye, you so bye. much. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been a Marshland Media production, produced by James McCullum. For more content, please visit mlmpod.com. To support our network and have access to exclusive podcasts, head over to patreon.com forward slash mlmpod and sign up today.